and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and we also talk about Dragon Con. This week's episode, I will be talking to the lovely and talented Mr. Bo Brown, the head, the director of the Dragon Con puppetry track. We're going to talk about his plans for the track this year and his plans for the National Puppet Slam, which is in Atlanta the same weekend as Dragon Con at the Center for Puppetry Arts. But before we get to that, you know there's other business that we have to discuss. And that business is you guys visiting needlessthings.storeenvy.com to buy your Dirty Dirty ConCon Game Game Show Show t-shirts. Time is running out. I'm going to ship out the last shipment of these on Monday. This Monday. That's the latest I can possibly ship them and still get them to you guys in time for you to have them at Dragon Con. Which, that's assuming you're going down to Dragon Con on Thursday. If you're leaving earlier than that, then uh, you might have missed it. Maybe I'll do a shipment today if I get some orders in. Uh, which would mean before you've even listened to this. But I'm just saying, it could happen. So you need to go to needlessthings.storeenvy.com, order your Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show t-shirt in boastful blue or passion pink men's or women's sizes, and use the coupon code DIRTY, D-I-R-R-T-Y, like the Christina Aguilera song. Order now, get $5 off with the coupon code DIRTY. And this is the only way we're making revenue for the game show. Uh, I use my Patreon funds from supportphantom.com, which I also encourage you to visit, and did a run of t-shirts. So if you guys buy these t-shirts, that's how we're paying for props. That's how we're paying for anything that we get for the volunteers that's our only source of revenue for this show because obviously it's dragon con we're not charging admission for this thing we're not making any money off of it so if you want to go order a shirt needlessthings.storeenvy.com use the coupon code d-i-r-r-t-y for five dollars off your t-shirt go check it out okay now i want to talk a little bit about the fact that i'm sitting here with a heating pad on my back having just taken two Dones pills, whatever that is. Well, it's for lower, it's for back pain. It's for back pain because I'm a dum-dum that doesn't realize he's 40 years old and a pretty big dude. So Sunday, we met up for the final rehearsal run-through meeting for the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. Myself, Miss Lady Flex, the Red Ranger and Popeye the Sailor Moon were here in the Phantom Zone planning out the game show because it's very important to us. Saturday night, 10 p.m. at Dragon Con in the Hyatt Regency 5 Ballroom, it will be the best and most entertaining thing at Dragon Con. You have my personal guarantee. 
Our sponsors, Belligerent Monkey, belligerentmonkey.com, Pop Art, and Garbage Humans, who you can find on Etsy or on Instagram. Uh, very excited. Garbage Humans are going to have some pens to sell there. Some Marriott carpet pens, both of the fancy enamel and simple button design. I think those things are going to sell out and be very popular. They will be at the merch table alongside our T-shirts. Uh, if you can stand to wait until Dragon Con to get them, you'll be able to buy them there. Uh, although at an increased price over what we're selling them for online. Uh, but we're doing stuff for the game show. I want to get some pictures because we just don't have enough good pictures of all of us to use as promotional material. So we're doing all kinds of goofy shit. You're going to see it over the next week or so. Well, over the next week because Dragon Con's in a freaking week. It's in less than a week. And uh, at one point, Miss Lady Flex is given some direction because she's she's a performer. That's what she does. She works at Dad's Garage. Uh, she does stuff with Adult Swim. Like, she's a director, a producer, a performer, a writer, a comedic genius. So she's given us some direction for, for amusing things to do. And she says, everybody jump up and down. We all jump up and down. We get uh, a couple of pictures of us jumping up and down neither of which are good at all as far as what you would expect from a picture of four people jumping up and down. And, you know, we go the rest of the day, we watch SummerSlam, uh, we do our thing, and I'm, I'm a little out of it because I, I decided to drink that night. And uh, had, it's, it had been a while. I got a little, I got a little drinky. I might have I slept a little bit during SummerSlam. Next day I got up. I went for my walk, and when I got back in the car after walking, my back sort of went, eh. And I was like, what do you mean, back? And my back was like, eh, eh. And I was like, no, come on, we haven't done anything. We didn't pick anything up that weighed more than, like, 12 pounds. And my back was just like, eh. So I got home, I took a shower, and on the way into work, stopped at Target, as I sometimes do, just just to do it. And walking through Target, my back is really starting to complain. It's having some problems with me. And when I get back to the car, I have a little trouble getting in the car. And I should explain, years ago, uh, I fell off of the roof of our old house. Now, this is not like the second story or anything, but this was a good, uh, what, what is it, 10 feet? 10 feet, maybe, is how high the roof is. So probably a 10-foot drop onto the porch. Not under the lawn, under the porch. And my back has been kind of jacked up ever since. Not constantly, but sometimes if I tie my shoes wrong or if I pick up a heavy thing and turn the wrong way, uh, my back can be pretty jacked up for a few days. And Monday night, my back was really messed up. Like, I couldn't stand up straight. Uh, it's better now, but I am sitting here, as I said, with a heating pad with a couple of major painkillers in me. And uh, having a, another beverage, which maybe isn't the best idea, but I'm just going to have the one. So I feel I'm okay now. I'm a little warmer than I want to be because the heating pad, uh, I'm not a fan of heat. I like cool, but it, it is making my back feel better. So anyway, that's what's going on with me. That's how hard I work and how much I put my body through to make Dragon Con a success, to entertain the people. That's what's important to me. Because 
that's that's ridiculous because I had no idea jumping up and down would do this to me. But that's that's what happened. But it also, as I told Rad Ranger, uh, it explains why the old wrestling shows my back would always hurt so bad afterward. It's because I I being an idiot, I used to feel I needed to jump out of the ring rather than like sort of sit on the apron and then and then wiggle my butt off. I would just jump from the apron to the floor. And being somebody who's six foot four and anywhere from 250 to 270 pounds, given what time of year it is, uh, that's just not a smart thing to be doing. A, a non-athletic someone uh, who's in that height and weight range. So that's me, back pain guy. Hopefully it'll be cleared up by next week, because next week I've got wrestling to announce. I've got a toy panel to put on. I've got a shining panel to participate in. I've got all kinds of stuff going on. And mainly, I've got a game show I've got to take care of. So... That's what's up. I don't know that I've got anything else to talk about this week because we really need to get into puppet stuff, right? Because puppet stuff is important now at Dragon Con. I can't imagine Dragon Con without the puppetry track because it encompasses such a large portion of genre and pop culture entertainment. So now what we're going to do is talk to Mr. Bo Brown about puppetry about the National Puppet Slam, and about Dragon Con. And you're going to have a good time. And uh, here's some music. Mr. Bo Brown, my lovely co-host, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Phantom. It's lovely to be here, as always. And you uh, have a huge job a huge responsibility at Dragon Con because mm-hmm. you are the head, the director, the big cheese of the puppetry track, which to me is particularly important because, as we discussed on last week's episode that you haven't heard yet, uh, Dragon Con has made a lot of effort over the past couple of years to expand their programming, to expand. Uh, the age range that they appeal to between the puppetry track and the kaleidoscope track. So not only do you have a responsibility for this weekend of programming, but you're also responsible kind of for bringing in the next generation of Dragon Con attendees. Yeah, we um, it, it is important for us to have children's programming as part of the track. And when when I had the face-to-face offer from Pat Henry... Um, after with the success of the of the very first Dragon Con Puppet Slam, he's you know part of it was including stuff for kids because obviously the Puppet Slam was not for children, and <laughs> obviously and 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 that was and so he 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 wanted to be clear that if I'm going to be doing puppetry programming, an entire track of puppetry programming that 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 would include children's programming, even though that wasn't necessarily something that he knew if I even did or not, right. Um, which, in in all honesty, is not something that I do. Um, you know, almost all of my puppeteer experience is, is puppetry for adults. I've done very, 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 very little puppetry for children. Now, what? It's outside of your personal wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but I mean, certainly your your knowledge of it 
has to be fairly. Oh, of course. Well, I work at the Center for Puppet Show Arts. Right. That's that's our bread and butter. It's it's not like it's puppet shows for kids. It's not like it was an an unfamiliar thing. No, no. It's just not the kind of. But but his point being was that yeah, way to go. You did an eighteen and up puppet show. If you're if I'm going to give you the keys to an entire track, I want to make sure that you know you're also capable of of doing stuff for kids, which we are, and we have great kids programming every year. And and I'm and I'm. I'm always very proud of our actual shows because, you know, it wouldn't be a puppet track if there weren't actual puppet shows, you know. Right, right. Um, so it's always really important to me to bring really quality um, actual puppet performances. And this year we are bringing some some great stuff, as always, uh, and a nice balance of educational stuff, um, you know, teaching the art form, the actual art, uh, as well as entertainment. Um, because I, 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 I value the entertainment level of my track very seriously. Um, as, as, you know, we are not a track where we talk about other people's work. You know what I mean? Right. Like a lot of, a lot of tracks are just like, hey, we're gonna com- we're gonna comment on this stuff that we like. Um, it, I, the way that I run my track is I am delivering that genre to you uh as well as educating you on it entertaining you with it um and then after my first year the thing that i realized was missing uh from the track was a sense of zaniness and and play um the first year of the track was very academic it was very okay we're going to teach marionettes 101 we're going to teach the monitor workshop we're going to teach glove puppetry 101 because I had I had no idea what I was doing. My and my only frame of reference for programming was going to puppetry festivals and conferences, which are very education focused, um, as well as obviously they're they're performance focused. But I realized that what I wanted, what I felt was missing, was a sense of zaniness and play. Well, you were. It was a difference of aiming programming at puppeteers and aiming programming at the public. I would imagine. Yeah, that was that, but also just something fun, you know, like, um, something that was, that was fun and entertaining and not just a straight up puppet show. Like when we did the puppet match game two years ago, right? um, you know, stuff like that. Like I wanted to see puppets doing weird stuff that wasn't just a straight up show and that wasn't just, and that wasn't just necessarily puppet improv. Although you can say that Puppet Match Game is Puppet Improv within the confines of a game show. Um, you know, uh, but, but those are the three sort of tenets of my programming with the one step back from that is um, the mission of the puppetry track, which is to celebrate puppetry and pop culture and expose, page, expose Dragon Con members to the art of live puppet theater. You know, you, you bring them in because they like Yoda and the Muppets, and that's their, their frame of reference for the art form, because 99% of, of Dragon Con goers are not familiar with live puppet theater. They only know puppetry and TV and it, from, from their exposure to it in TV and film. Well, it was fascinating to me to see, I mean, that's what I loved about what, what you did, well, what you've done every year, is seeing it in action, seeing how the performers have to you know, manipulate their hands, manipulate the different parts of the puppet while also 
watching a screen to see how they're presenting, you know, on TV or whatever the format may be. Right. Uh, it's seeing all the different facets, facets of that performance live and happening and just how amazing it is as opposed to, you know, what seems very simple when you just watch Kermit the Frog on the screen talking to Vincent Price. Right. There's so much. Well, yeah, more and that's what puppetry that. is. You know, people don't realize. You know, it, it, it's it's you know, patting your head and rubbing your belly and singing a song and having all this dialogue memorized and hopping on one foot the entire time. Right. You know, like that's puppetry. It's like you have to have you you. It is such a multitasking discipline where you have to have such a wide skill set and be able to do so many different things at the same time. And you also, <laughs> so I, I speak. Speak yeah. from personal experience from last year. You better have some badass arm muscles. Yes, holding stuff over your head oh my for uh, gosh. Um, yeah, holding up a six ounce puppet for eight minutes had my shoulders screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. When I when I occasionally I'll go to conferences or or uh, things and I teach a puppetry one on one type workshop that you can take, uh, not from me, but you can take from the amazing Aretha Baumgartner, who's the ed- education director at the Center for Puppetry Arts. Uh, you can take Puppetry 101 at, at DragonCon, and part of that curriculum that we teach is, uh, you know, you, you have a bunch of people all stand in a circle, and it's kind of like the wave, you know, where you, you know, this thing passes around the circle, but you have people um, hold their arms out straight in front of them, and you have to roll each of your fingers. So, like, imagine your fingers are out and your fingers are doing the wave. Right. Right? And then everybody has to do that around the circle. So the, so the bigger the circle is, the more the longer it takes to get around. And everyone's like, okay, cool, whatever. You hold your hands, hold your hands out. And then you have to hold your hands up. So that's like, okay, that's like if you were doing marionettes on, on the bridge. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're holding your, your arms straight out from your, from your body and supporting the weight of the marionettes. And then there's, and then we say, okay, great, good job, everybody. And then, then everybody has to do it again. And you're holding your arms up with your with your elbows crooked, like an uh, at a right angle as an L. And that's to show like what it would be like if you were doing rod puppets or glove puppets. You've got your arms, and that's when people start getting tired and start right. fidgety. And then you do it again, where your arms are all the way up over your head, and that is to show what it would be like to do. You know what we what we call Muppet style or, or hand and rod puppet, where your arms are fully extended over over your body. And by the end of that one, people are just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what is happening? Why is it so hard?" You know, and it's just like puppetry isn't for wimps. It's I mean, like that's... wax on, wax off. Yeah. Um, you know, when I when I get interviewed uh, for you know specifically mostly for like new puppet order stuff for the films, um, you know, people are always or if I'm on set, if I'm on set doing a gig. And it's a bunch of like TV or movie people who've never worked with puppeteers before. You know, they're they're like, "Oh, are you comfortable?" You know, it's like, "No, <laughs> 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 of course not." You know, there is no comfortable in puppetry. There is varying degrees of discomfort. There is no comfortable. Like <laughs> that's just this just doesn't happen. Um, but anyway, uh, so programming. Um, we have a lot on deck this year. This is well. I'll you tell know, you what. Let's let's start somewhere else. Let's start somewhere else. Yeah. Let's let's start with uh, the guests. Okay. That you have this year, and then we'll uh, we'll hit on some highlights of the programming. 
So this year is a National Puppet Slam year, which changes the way that I do my programming significantly. Um, the National Puppet Slam is a show that we do at the Center for Puppetry Arts every two years. Um, in the intervening years, the National Puppet Slam takes place at the Puppeteers of America National Festival, wherever that takes place. So last year that was in... Connecticut at the University of Connecticut, which has the puppetry, puppet arts master's degree program. And I have a lot of wonderful friends who have gone through that program. It's a great program. If you're interested in, in like being a for real puppeteer and you want to get you, you know, and you want to get that degree that's on the top 10 list of useless degrees whenever some <laughs> asshole decides to make a list of what they think is a useless skill, UConn's right up there in the top 10 list because people are assholes. Um, and uh and so we you know that was at Yukon and and we do the the national slam there. And in the intervening years because the National Puppetry Festival is only every 2 years, we started doing it at the Center for Puppetry Arts and very swiftly discovered that without the existing infrastructure of the festival where people puppeteers were already coming. You know, you're talking somewhere between 12 to 20 puppeteers from all across the country coming to Atlanta who need air, airfare and hotel accommodations to do five to eight minutes of puppet theater each. Right. And it, and, and with, and with only three performances to sell seats to, it is fiscally completely unfeasible to make money on the show. Uh, the, the cost of the airfare and the hotel alone, just getting the artists to the city makes the show just financially unviable. Thankfully, um, Pat, uh, Pat Henry and, 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 and Rachel Reeves, uh, the co-chair and, and guest director for, for Dragon Con have been hugely, I mean, I can't even stress this enough, just hugely supportive of, of me, not only in the puppetry track, but also in 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 other endeavors um, through the center, specifically with the National Slam. So so DragonCon is the sponsor for the National Slam, and the arrangement works where uh, we 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 recognize the artists, we figure out who they are, and this process involves uh, sending all the different puppet slams in the country a survey that says pick the top five acts that have come through your slam in the last two years. Uh, and nominate them, and then we we alert the nominees. We say congratulations, you've been nominated for this piece. Send us a video of the piece and and all this information about it. And then myself um, and a team uh, artistic committee at the center, uh, which includes John Ludwig, the artistic director, Liz Lee, a producer, and Kristen Haverty, the associate producer. The four of us identify what we think are the best of the best, the best puppet slam pieces in the country. So we're not only are we looking for the best actual shows, we're also looking to showcase a variety in the art form. So we're looking for a variety of shows, uh, particularly a variety of puppetry styles that, that showcase the breadth of the art form as well as excellence in, in the field of short-form puppet theater for adults, which is what puppet slams are. So the arrangement works that we identify those artists and then those artists are invited but not required to participate in DragonCon programming. And DragonCon provides all the hotel and airfare accommodations for the artists. 
And that is a crazy amount of money. Crazy amount of money. Yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine. And this year there are 19 artists in, in, in the show. So 19 of my pros this year are these artists, are the artists who have been identified as the best puppet slam artists in the country. Um, and they will be joining us uh, in Atlanta for the National Slam, which will take place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of Dragon Con. Well, so- and when you when you say pros, you're not talking about 19 people who hold up felt puppets and do the same thing. You're talking about very creatively different and talented people who all have different specialties who all have different uh ideas of entertainment i mean this is it's the most diverse variety show i guess ever yeah because you know when we do the show in atlanta when i do the puck and puppet show in atlanta it's it's built around the local talent and you know the and and then the, the occasional guest artists heavy hitter that i that i bring in from out of town um this year specifically, um, every year the Silk Roads track director contacts me and says, can you do a panel on shadow puppetry and how shadow puppetry originated in China? And I say no, because I just don't have the shadow puppet people. That's just never happened before. Until this year. Um, Lots of the National Slam pieces that were really, really strong happened to be shadow puppetry pieces this year, huh. and, and which is just how it is that you know. And I never expected that. Um, and uh, and they are they're they're amazing. And so I said, oh my god, this is the year I can finally deliver the goods to the Silk Roads track director. Uh, so I was I sent a very excited email. I was like, you've been waiting for it for like four years, and here it is. <laughs> um, so, so because of that, I brought back uh, Jim Napolitano uh, or Nappy, who came as sort of like a last-minute addition last year. He he's a geek himself. He's a professional puppeteer. He does it for a living, um, and he's actually a graduate of, of UConn's puppet arts program. Great guy, and he came along last year and did our very first secret show. Nappy's secret shadow show was the very first secret show. And and for those of you who are listening, our secret shows uh, are a new part of the track that we started last year with Nappy Show, and they are puppet shows, full full puppet shows, forty five minutes, um, that are not in the programming. You cannot find them in the programming guide. You can only find out about them by following the the Puppetry Tracks Facebook page, uh, or we have some signs up outside the track room that will say when the secret shows are. But it's not in the programming guide. We we want them to be spread by word of mouth. We like the idea that they're like secret covert puppet shows. I mean, not that they're super secret because we're telling people about them, but that they're not in the programming. And we have two secret shows this year. Um, we'll have Bean and Bear, who were in the Nash, who were in the Dragon Con Slam last year, and who, who I are love. Local. And I love love Bean and Bear. And um, Broderick Jones's Ubu Faust one man show. Uh, it is a combination of Ubu Roy and Faustus, and it is fantastic. I mean, it is a one-man tour de force. I saw it at uh, Jones is a big is a great friend of mine, and he's been at DragonCon before, and a phenomenally talented puppeteer and playwright. 
and I saw him do the show uh, at the last year's National Puppetry Festival, and I said, man, I really want you to come and do the show and, and, and have it be one of our secret shows this year. So so Jones's um, uh, Ubu Fowl show, I mean, he, you want to talk about a performance. He is dripping buckets of sweat by the end of the show. It is an incredibly physical show. He does the entire show by himself, um, and it is it is incredibly entertaining, incredibly funny, incredibly well written, um, and 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 very very entertaining. So I highly recommend everybody uh, check out uh, the secret shows this year. This is the first actually right now is the first time anybody is hearing when they actually are. And uh, up past bedtime with Bean and Bear will be Friday at 10 p.m. And Ubu Faust is Saturday at 11.30 p.m. That is these awesome. These take place in our bonus track room, which is uh, the, the puppetry track room is Marriott A704. A stands for atrium level. And we've absorbed the room next door to us. And our secret shows will be in A703, which is the room next door to the puppetry track room. Thank you for the exclusive scoop. Mm-hmm. This has been a that good week super for that. exclusive. Yeah, super exclusive. Um, so those of you that want to keep track of the secret shows, this is one of the few resources at your disposal to do so. Right. But uh, join the Facebook uh, Facebook group, the DragonCon Puppet Track Facebook group. Uh, I think that DragonCon will be tweeting some information on those shows, although it's although it, it will not be in the programming guide. So if you're looking for them in the programming guide, you're barking up the wrong tree. It's not going to be there. Um, so so and 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 I like the fact that those shows are done by folks who aren't actual guests. They're not pros. They're not guests of the track. They are puppeteers who wanted to come to DragonCon, and that means a lot to me. Yeah, that is a huge goal for me is to build the puppetry track into something that puppeteers want to come and see and be a part of, even if they are not actually getting a badge that I want people to want to buy a badge and want to go through all the incredible hassle of getting a dragon con hotel room because the puppetry track is that good. That is a huge goal of mine. Well, and that is, uh, you know, I, I, I love the guests. The guests are a huge draw for dragon con, but to me, the folks that are there on their own dime, yeah, who just have a passion for making Dragon Con great, yeah, uh, that's you can feel that in performances. You can feel that in speaking, you know, when people are talking or whatever. Uh, that's a, a hot commodity, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. So uh, to get back to who we have coming, um, the the National Puppet Slam roster is 19 artists, which is huge. Um, it's a big show. Uh, a lot of the shows that got accepted had three or four performers in them, which is unusual. Um, you know, most shows are, are one to are either one person shows or two people. Sure. We just had a lot of shows. There's only eight shows, and there's 19 people in eight shows, which is just a, a lot of folks. Um, but every year, and this is this definitely happens on the National Slam years, where some people. I mean, I don't. I mean, I know a lot of people in the puppetry community, um, obviously, but but I don't know everybody. And every now and then, I'll see a show that I'm like, man, this show is really good. 
and then it'll be a Dragon Con year, and and I'll be like, all right, well, you know, okay, so, and I have my phone call where, um, I say, you know, uh, congratulations on being accepted into the National Puppet Slam. This is great. Um, by the way, because we don't tell anybody about Dragon Con until after they've accepted coming to the National Fe- National Slam, right? Um, because there there's an artistic integrity element where we can't pick pieces based on, oh, that person would be really good for Dragon Con. Right, you right, know, right. You have, you have to judge the piece on its own merit. Um, so we don't tell people that that's, obviously, you know, the words, get, you know, certain circles, the words gotten around that, oh man, if you get into the National Slam on a year with an even number in it, um, you know, you, you get to go to Dragon Con for free and and be and be part of this whole crazy other thing which as you heard uh from joshua he had no idea uh and then i have my phone call with you and i'm like all right so by the way there's this huge extra thing that we're doing and you're not required by any means to participate in it but you're invited to and it's really great and i think you should um and then i have to explain and then so i had 19 phone conversations explaining the puppetry track over and over and over again um with all these wonderful people. Um, but uh, there's... Uh, so we've got a group from Chicago. That is Sam Grossman, Jesse Delaplane, Devin Martin, and Christy Winther. Um, they've got a really cool um, show called The Ballad of Ellie and Sadie. That's a kind of... It's hard to describe. It's kind of like a flat toy theater, but bigger than toy theater. Because uh, toy theaters traditionally very small, but their but their puppets are a little bigger. But it's all like sort of flat, almost um, animated looking, but animated in real time. Okay, kind of show. Uh, and those guys seem great. And they, and um, this is this is this is breaking news too. They have this great idea for their Dragon Con Slam piece. Um, they want to do like effectively a Mad Lib show, where if you come by the puppetry track, where the puppetry merch booth is. They're going to be accepting ideas um, <laughs> for their show, and what they'll be doing is it's um, so they're going to be using something called a cranky, and a cranky is a is a, a thing that we use in puppet shows a lot. That's basically a scrolling background, so it's on two spools, um, and there's okay, a, okay, and there's paper between the two spools, and you turn the crank, and the background moves. It's it's the same thing as like the Flintstones, where Fred's running through the house, and you see. Yeah, in the background, the background keeps, moving behind going it. by, but it's not—it's not the same images going, you know. Right, it, right. Yeah, it's a progression. It, yeah, so so the idea is that they're going to be collecting all these ideas from Dragon Con mem- uh, patrons, and then they're going to build the and they're going to draw those into the cranky, and that's going to be the show. So if you want to get some input into the Dragon Con Puppet Slam, come on by and throw your ideas down, and and they'll end up in the show. So that's really cool. And you know, and that's what I love about bringing these these people in. I never would have thought to do that. What a great idea, right? You know, well, um, and that's the benefit of working with so many different people that look and look at and do things in such different ways. Exactly. Is no matter how smart you are, no matter how creative you are, uh, there's always going to be somebody with an idea where you're like, "Oh my gosh, that's awesome!" Yeah. Uh, so then the next group is all L.A.-based puppeteers, and this was huge because I, I, I didn't know any of these people. I mean, I knew one of the people in this show. Um, I knew Christine, 
but it's Tom Fountain, Richard Wilson, Christine Papalexis, and uh, Pat Brimer. And uh, this is really exciting because these are all L.A. puppeteers, and they've been in the TV and film industry for years. Um, so as, I, as I'm having these phone conversations and I'm talking to these people, I'm learning all about them because it's my job to, to, to sort of suss them out and figure out their strengths and, sure. then, you know, and, then, and then find a way to showcase those strengths in, in the programming. So Tom Fountain has done all these big – he's trained all these puppeteers for all these uh, like Universal Studios kind of shows, things like that. That's kind of what he does. Um, and he was also the puppeteer for The Talking Cat on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh wow! Yeah, so so that's so that's Tom. He's amazing. Uh, Richard Wilson is his partner. He's helping him out. Um, then Christine Papalaxis, uh, I've known through uh, festivals and through the O'Neill. She's great, and she's worked on a ton of movies. She worked on the Shaggy Dog. Um, she's worked on a bunch of other stuff. And then uh, Pat Brimer. Uh, now Phantom knows this, but uh, and I was so excited. I had to tell. I had to tell people. Like as soon as I found out I, I had to tell people Pat Brimer was the gopher from Caddyshack <laughs> and I just you know I've got a lot of talent <laughs> this year like I got I mean you know it's a big year um, and I am more excited about the gopher from Caddyshack <laughs> I don't know it's just to me like it's so cool to have somebody who's part of something that's that's so so embedded in in the cultural knowledge of a of a couple of generations. Well, what's so great about that is it's it's not Kermit the Frog, it's not Big Bird, right? But it's a it's a niche thing that isn't niche because everybody's seen Caddyshack. But but you don't people, think about it. It's not a puppet movie, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. and the yeah. people where that clicks with them, where they realize the Gopher are going to flip well, out. Yeah. So I am I am so stoked. And so if you want to come, um, we are getting the gopher. And you can come and get your picture with the gopher from Caddyshack. Oh my gosh. Uh he's he seems great. I've I've had lots of phone conversations with him. He's done a bunch of other stuff. He he puppeteered on short circuit. I mean, he's done tons of stuff. Um and so I'm just I'm so excited to have him and he's a puppet builder too. Uh, so the, the puppet is not the original gopher. He was actually contacted, uh, by American Express and they wanted to do a commercial a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That, that, uh, where Tiger Woods was playing the Bill Murray character from Caddyshack and they said, can you build a new gopher? And he was like, yeah, I can build a new gopher. Um, a replica of the original gopher. So he built the new gopher. So that's the gopher we'll have is, is the replica gopher. But it's the same puppeteer, same guy who built the original one, um, and I I will have my photo taken with Pat and the Gopher, and I will get that picture autographed. And I cannot wait. I I am that's going on my wall of my puppetry track trophies. Um, I'm I'm and I, and I it is my it is my dear wish that this has inspired a Caddyshack cosplay group. And then they will oh. come and get their pictures with the gopher. I want that to happen so bad, I can taste it. You would have to buy the soup to get the right hat, though. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, so so Pat Pat seems amazing, and I'm very very excited about about that whole group. They're 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 awesome. 
Um, then there's Bill Holznagel, Gavin Cummins, and Paul Velasquez. Uh, Gavin's an old buddy of mine that I've known from the O'Neill for years. He's a, he's a Yukon grad, phenomenally talented puppet builder and puppeteer. He's got some of my favorite puppet slam pieces I've ever seen. Um, and their show is uh, a kind of audience uh, interaction show where they pull somebody out of the audience and they've got some hand and rod, beautiful, beautifully designed puppets. Um, they're hand and rod sort of Muppety style puppets, um, but they're really well built. And I believe that Paul is their, is their puppet builder. Um, and it's a really cute show. It has the best twist. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't want to give it away because it's hilarious. Um, but, but come for the, come for the show, stay for the twist. Um, cause the twist is fantastic. And, uh, they'll be doing a whole bunch of stuff. A, a lot of our, uh, general panels and things like that. Uh, then we've got a very, very, uh, heavy show. Um, in fact, this show, we had to build the entire slam, the lineup of the entire slam around this show. And that's never happened before. Um, it's a shadow puppet show called Through the Looking Glass. And it is so heavy and intense that we had to pad comedy on the front end and the back end around this show. I mean, we couldn't use like, well, okay, well, we can't open with it. We can't close an act with it. We can't open an act with it. We can't close the show with it. Right, right. Because it's so heavy, you have to do. You have, you, you know, we don't want the audience going home and and getting into their car and putting a you know a garden hose into the exhaust pipe and, and through the window. Like the show is so it's so good and so intense that it informed every decision we made about the entire rest of the lineup of the show. Um, and that is Myra Sue, Mitch Salm, and Allison Gonzalez um, with that show. And then they're also uh, the the most the heaviest of the shadow puppet performers that we have um, that are doing a lot of the other rest of the of the shadow puppet programming. Um, and Myra sounds amazing. I, I've I've had a, a lot of really great phone conversations with her, and she's probably the most excited about Dragon Con out of all the people who've never been before. Um, she just is like, she, it's like, it's like, I mean, she doesn't know. She's never been to anything like it, but everything that I've told her about it, she's like, oh, I, this sounds so great. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So I'm, I can't wait to experience, and this is one of my favorite things, Dragon Con, to experience the convention through someone else's first experience. Yeah, because there, there's no explaining it. If right. somebody's I, never I been, tried, yeah. Yeah, 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 but I mean, if somebody's never been, they don't know until they get there. Right. And you, you know, you, you heard Joshua. He was, you know, I was like, well, what did Bo tell you? Well, nothing. Yeah, yeah, right, you, right. You can try. I can try, <laughs> but you can't. You can't prepare somebody for that. And I tell him, like, I'm like, look, I can, I can sit here and talk to you for hours about what it's going to be like, and it will not prepare you for what it's actually like. Um, so, uh, and then, um, there's Honey Goodenough and Harry Lacoste. Um, Honey has been part of the puppetry track before. She's she came. I don't think she's been in like two years or so. Um, but she was in the National Slam the first year that we did it in 2012 at the center. Before it was partnered with DragonCon, uh, and has some amazing work. And is a good friend of mine. And Harry Lacoste is doing the show with her. 
and I know Harry from the O'Neill, and he seems like a really great guy, and I'm excited to have him. And Honey will be doing one of the other full-length shows that uh, uses the same style of puppetry that her National Slam show uses, which is called um, uh, You and Me. Um, no, that's not what it's called. It's called... Um, I think it's called something like that. You and Me or Me and You or something like that. Um, but she's doing her full-length show, Wordplay, uh, at, 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 at DragonCon, which is a kid's show, and it's great. It's totally different. It is completely different from any kind of puppet show you've ever seen. Uh, and I posted a preview video of it up on the Puppetry Track Facebook page that you can check out to get an idea, because you can't explain it um, at all. Uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic, and it is... Um, you know, a lot of the other shows, the kid shows that we have are geeky, and this is the, this is the non-geeky kid show we have, um, and it's very real clowning and puppet theater for children um, that isn't specifically catered to a convention audience. Well, and that's again, it's it's about being rounded. It's about right. different experiences because not everything at Dragon Con has to wink at Star Wars or whatever. No, no, it doesn't. Um, at all, and, and definitely that's you know part of, part of our mission is to say, yeah, you know Yoda, you know the Muppets, but here's what live puppet theater is. Check it out because it's amazing. Um, uh, then there are three one person shows. Emily Schubert has a Shadow Cranky show. Now that everybody knows what a cranky is, she has a very very powerful Shadow Cranky show called Heart Splinters. Then Joshua, the amazing Joshua Holden, uh, will be back with his show Puppet People. That is, um, as a puppet person, it is incredibly touching and made me openly weep the first time I saw it um, and still chokes me up every time I've seen it since then. Um, so I'm very, very excited to have Joshua back. Um, and then uh, the last one is Tim Legasse. And Tim Legasse is an incredibly talented puppeteer. He's taught at the O'Neill before. He's done tons of TV and film work. He's worked with the Muppets. Um, he's done tons of stuff uh and and he has a really great hand shadow puppetry piece that's short and sweet and amazing and and very um the skill like as short as it is the 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 talent behind the skill of the show is phenomenally impressive so when i say hand shadows you know i mean like you know when you make like the bunny or the dog it's that um but it's so fast and so good it's it's very very uh impressive how how much skill he unloads in a very short amount of time a lot more Um, manual dexterity than the average person it's it's not going to be a flying bird right yeah uh so so that's so that's all really great so so that's the national slam lineup which is huge um and you know and part of one of the you know part of the challenge that i have is to use all those people it's 19 people that i've got to figure out you know four items of programming each for now, thankfully, we've got a lot of programming that we do in the track now that involves a lot of people. Um, things like puppet coaching and characterization and the tea party and, and obviously the slam. So I'm able to te- tick those boxes off for people. But, you know, it's my job as, as the director to use all those people uh, if they want to participate in DragonCon. Um, so, that, so that gets through those folks. Um, then we have so, – so on the years where we do the National Slam, you know, my hands are kind of tied. Because I have to use all those people, um, so it really limits my ability to 
bring my friends, I guess. Right. Um, so I had to really boil it down. The extra people that I brought who weren't like my celebrity guests. Um, and especially this year because, uh, the national slam is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Whereas two years ago it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I have to leave. I have to go off site and host the show at the center. All of those people, all 19 of those people can't be programmed during those windows of time where we have to go over to the center. So I had to have people to fill in that time. But I can't bring too many people because I've already brought 19. Um, so I had to be very particular about the people that I brought back who weren't the celebrity people. Right. Uh, I had to make some hard choices. Uh, this is the first year I haven't brought Madison back. Uh, and you've had Madison on the show before. Madison's my bromance. I mean, he's, he's, um, so up in my heart. I can't even, you know, describe it. He, he is awesome, but he's also freshly married. Freshly married. So I'm and sure man, they've what got a wedding was that? Plenty of oh. the pictures were incredible. <laughs> Joshua Holden and Mr. Nicholas officiated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Um, so, so I had to be, I had to be real. I had, I had to make some hard choices. I couldn't bring, I couldn't bring Madison back. And you know, and Madison's been, you know, with us for the last couple of years, and it was nice to change it up. And we had all these shadow puppet artists, and so one of the things that we did was. In, because I wasn't bringing Madison, who traditionally does the marionette cabaret. We're doing a shadow puppet cabaret this year instead. So that's totally different. We've never had that before. It's basically like another slam, but only shadow puppets. That's wild. I can't even it's conceive gonna be of that. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And so because last year Nappy came, and Nappy is, uh, you know, a... a, a self-sufficient puppetry artist who only who predominantly does shadow puppets. I mean that's that I don't I don't know anybody else who does that other than Richard Bradshaw who is the king of shadow puppetry from Australia. Um you know there there isn't anybody else who does that. And and so uh after Nappy was so incredible help incredibly helpful and and just delivered some really amazing stuff last year. I reached out to him and I said, hey, listen, I've got all these really talented shadow puppet artists coming back this year. Um, I'd love for there to be a shadow variety show. Uh, I'd love to bring you back and put you in charge of that. So basically, Nappy is, is, is playing the part that Madison would in previous years where he's in charge of his own show and is in charge of organizing everything and, and getting all that done. Um, and then I've, and I've also got some other things that, that, that I've got Nappy doing, Nappy doing as well. So I brought Nappy back. Uh, last year, obviously, you know, Kermit and Steve Whitmire were a huge hit. Yes. I mean, I mean, not that I expected anything. anything <laughs> else. But I'll tell you what. The most, when, when I got the app feedback, the most popular things that we had that weren't Kermit the Frog was Mike corner and his doctor who timey wimey puppet show oh sure yeah puppet show and his uh one man star wars show i was not able to catch the one man star wars show because i had a panel opposite it but i heard about it all weekend and not from you like from entirely other people it was 
the amount of the amount of feedback. You know, when you when you say, "Oh, well, people only come," you know, and I, when people only say something when they don't like something. This was not the case with Mike. We had so many comments about how people loved his shows. So as soon as, like, literally the day I got the feedback, I called Mike and I said, "Mike, I got to bring you back. You killed it. I mean, literally, the only person more popular than you was Kermit. <laughs> you beat you beat the you beat the puppet slam. You beat everything. <laughs> you know." Um, so I said, but that being said, I want you to expand your Star Wars show. Can you either, because the because a funny thing happened on the way to the Death Star, which is a show he did last year, which is a one-man show that's a musical, all with original songs, um, is only episode four. It's only A New Hope. So I said, can you do either the entire trilogy in one show or Force Awakens? And he said, well, let me, let me talk to my guy because he has a guy who helps him. He has a creative partner who helps him write the show and writes the songs and stuff. And he came back to me and he said, we can do the trilogy. Oh, my gosh. So, so not only is it a, it a new Tommy Wimey show with you know, new, a whole year's worth of more Doctor Who that's been incorporated into it. Uh, it is the entire episodes four through six in 45 minutes, all original songs, all one-man show. It's called Trilogy Tonight, Star Wars Trilogy Tonight, um, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. And uh, you know, I uh, it doesn't happen very often where I can bring somebody like Mike, who's a, who is a live he's a live theater puppeteer. He works for a company called Paul Mesner Puppets out in Kansas City, which is like the center for puppetry arts of Kansas City. I guess I mean you know that's that's. They're the big puppet theater out there, right? Uh, and I've I've met Paul Mesner, and uh, and he's he's one of the he's one of the the big luminaries of our uh, of his generation of, of puppeteers. Um, and and Mike works for his company and tours the country and the world doing doing Paul's shows, and then also does um, you know his 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 geeky stuff because Mike's a huge geek. Um, at conventions and things like that. He's, he, he, he's taken time we want me to show to Gallifrey one. I mean, he's been to all these big doctor who conventions and things with the, with the stuff. Um, so, so I'm so happy to have Mike back and for him to be doing more of, of what was so popular last year and, and new, new content. So, uh, he's in big rooms. Oh, okay. So, so, so the thing about Mike was that Mike doesn't have TV and film credits. But based on his feedback, I petitioned DragonCon to bump him up from pro to guest. I said, "Look, I've never, I've never had one person be this popular before, who wasn't a, a TV celebrity." Right, right. It's not that he's. It's not that he's deserves to be a guest because oh well, people recognize him because they've seen the TV show that he's done or the movie that he's done. I said, "Look at his feedback." You can't tell me that this guy doesn't deserve to be a guest. He just does. Um, and, and DragonCon agreed. So, so Mike is the first of the live puppeteers to make the jump from, from pro to guest, which is a big deal, uh, in the track. Um, so Mike's the shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then of course it wouldn't be at, at this point, I don't think I could do it. Uh, 
I, I, I just couldn't do it without her. Um, but Stacy Gordon and the Magic Puppet Tea Party. Um, you've had Stacy on the show before. Um, Stacy is is one of the most delightful people on the planet. You know, in some ways, I want to. I kind of want to say she's almost the heart of the track. Sometimes, you know, um, she is. I mean, and Stacy, Stacy's been on a journey in the last year that I'm not entirely at liberty to talk about fully yet. Right. But I, but I plan on us being able to talk about it next year at DragonCon, and and DragonCon is very important. Has become very important to Stacy in her career. Um, and the Magic Puppet Tea Party was our first, you know, effort to really create programming for puppeteers and for people who, who are bringing their own puppets to DragonCon. And, uh, and we've, we've, we've really, that's been a really important part of my programming now, um, creating these opportunities for people to bring their own puppets to DragonCon, encourage people to bring puppets to DragonCon. Just like people wear costumes. And Bo, you know where's a good place to get your own puppets if you don't happen to be somebody who can craft puppets? What is a good place? If Anna? you Google puppet pie, I'll bet you could find yourself some puppets. I actually was contacted by a woman who said that she wanted to volunteer for next year uh, and wanted to know what the process was for being in the Dragon Con Slam. And I said, well, send me, you know, send me your, your video or, or, or things and I'll add your email, uh, and your contact information to my list of, uh, cause we have a, I have a waiting list for people who want to volunteer in my track. Um, I, the way that DragonCon volunteers are, are, are managed is this big sort of pool of people, um, that want to just be at DragonCon. And, 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 and I, I don't use that system. I, I want to be able to, to either know that person or have somebody who is part of my track already who knows that person and can vouch for them personally. Right, right. And somebody who has a, an interest in puppetry that I can see. Um, I'm very, cause uh, I mean, I, I don't know how it works because I've never done it this way, but apparently, you can just go into the DragonCon volunteer database and just find someone who isn't assigned to a track and put them on your track, and then you send them an email and say, "Hey, congratulations! You're in this track now, or you're helping out in the you know the whatever the the store or the DragonCon store. All the other sort of admin level of, of DragonCon volunteer positions that exist that aren't you know the fan tracks. Um, and I've never used that system. I, I just I, there's just something that I just can't reconcile with you want somebody who cares about what you're doing yeah and i and i need to i need to have some sort of frame of reference for who they are I, you know i need to meet them or i need to have somebody that i trust vouch for them um and, and so so yeah i saw her stuff and in her and in her video were stacy's puppets Oh, <laughs> nice! And so I asked. So I said, "I said, oh, because I, di- I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be rude, and I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't sure what was going on." So I was like, "Oh, these are this is great. Did you make those puppets yourself?" And she said, "Oh no, I got because th- this was a big test." Right, right, right. Made them. I was like, Argh. "Yeah," you know. Um, and she said, "No, no, no. I bought them from from Stacy Gordon at Puppet Pie." And I was like, "Oh, I thought I recognized Stacy's puppets. Um, I mean, I'd recognize Stacy's puppets. Sure, anyway. sure. Um, you know, she has very distinct style." And uh, 
And and so I said, oh, that's great. Good. You passed. The, I mean, I didn't say it, but like, good. You passed. Yeah, the yeah. Stuff. Um. So so yeah. So you know, my team of volunteers. Um. It's weird. I've I've had the same volunteers now for the for about the last three years, but I have this one slot that that I've never been able to nail down that changes people every year. And I and and I just had the new person that I had for this year uh contacted us and said that she wasn't able to make it because she had another a work opportunity that came along that happened to conflict with DragonCon. And so she had to bail out. That was the person on the waiting list from last year. Um and uh and so I was like, oh man, I've got to you know, I mean I've got to go on the waiting list and I don't know a lot of the people on the waiting list. They're just people who've contacted me. Um and thankfully it all worked out. It worked out great, I think. Um but I just yeah, there's just something about that last slot that I can't because I love my team, my team is so solid now. They, you know, I they know the drill, they know what to do, everybody knows their job, everybody's great. Like I love my team. Um they're every single one of them is a rock star. But there's just that one slot at the end that just keeps changing over every year that I really wish I could just nail down and and fill permanently. Bo, you can't have it all. Yes, I can. No, you just can't. So the volunteers uh, are absolutely the backbone. In fact, of- I want to. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta do my my shout outs here. Um, so speaking of my incredible uh, volunteer team, um, none of what I do would be remotely possible without them. Um, Whitney Carnes is my uh, technical director. Whitney is in charge of all of the technical aspects of the track, all of which is huge. Um, you know, most tracks consist of, you know, unless you're the film festival track and you're showing a bunch of movies, um, people sitting at tables and talking into microphones. That's it. That's all you got to handle. My track has people on lav mics, video cameras that feed, video cameras that have to film something and then, and then project that image into two TV monitors and through a projector onto a projection screen. You know, that, that's got, the, the signal's gotta be split three ways. They've gotta be able to handle all of the tech for the, for the puppet slam, which is insane. Uh, all of the tech for each of the individual puppet shows, which is like live theater. Like it's not just, okay, turn on the lights and do the thing. They have sound cues they have to follow. They've gotta play the music at the right spot. They gotta turn the lights up and down at the right spot. Uh, and, and so Whitney is in charge of all of that and has two of my rock star uh, volunteers uh, that work for her, Charles Pillsbury and Joshua Martin. Um, Charles and Joshua have been with me uh, since year two and and are just, I, I mean, I could not do it without them. So much of our track has so much tech and those, and between Whitney and those, and those two rock star guys, they're the three people that make all of that happen. Um, uh, then I've got, you know, the, then I've got the rest of the, my team that, that is the door, you know, that, that, that has to work the door. They've got to manage the lines and take care of all that. Um, and I, and I have been rambling on far too long, but I'm going to, I'm going to do all my shout outs and then we'll get to programming because I've been waxing. Well, you've got to, you've got to appreciate the people that give up their time and give up their, their, 
you know, little pieces of their Dragon Con party to help you make that dream come true. So, so shout outs to the rest of my staff, Shade Oye, Kira Robbins, Aretta Baumgartner, Aretta, who also does lots of actual programming. Um, she, she, she does the Creative Pub Workshop. She teaches Puppetry 101 for kids, Puppetry 101 for adults. And she's also the education director at the Center of Puppetry Arts. So the fact that the education director of the center comes and works for me is a testament to the incredible person that Aretta Bob Gardner is. Um, I have nothing but respect for everything that Aretta does and the fact that she believes enough in me and what I'm doing to help me out and work the door on stuff and do programming. Uh, Aretta is, is a rock star. Uh, and then our brand new person this year is Hamilton Young. Hamilton was uh, recommended by Aretta. He works at the center in the education department and uh, came very highly recommended for Moretta, so we're really excited to welcome Hamilton to the team. Um, but because we actually do need to talk about the programming, um, uh, I, do you want me to just hit hit? Do you want me to hit the highlights, or do you want me to just do the whole thing? Well, let's hit. Uh, we definitely want to talk about your, I guess, your shared guests. Sure. Uh, and then just some highlights of the programming, some of the big panels that you're going to be offering over the weekend. Okay. Well, well then I'll do the guests. Um, Cause we, cause the, the listeners can, can find, uh, they can find the program. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so our big headlining guest this year, you know, when it was the question of, okay, well you had Steve Whitmire and Kermit last year. What do you do for an encore? Like, what do you do after that? Um, we did, we got Brian Henson, which um, is crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Uh, it's, it's a big, it's a, it's a huge win, uh, for Dragon Con for the track. You know, he doesn't do this kind of stuff. Um, you know, Brian does like Ted talks, but he doesn't like go to conventions, you know? So like, <laughs> that's kind of the, the level where we're at. And, and, and it's all because, you know, part of a huge part of the track is the 30th anniversary of Labyrinth this year. And so I've been working really closely with Henson. Um, Nicole Goldman at Henson is my contact there. She's the, the vice president of marketing and she will be our third judge for the Henson uh, costume Henson Henson 60th anniversary costume contest uh, at, at the convention. Big thanks to Nicole for everything she's done over the years. Um, and so we've got Brian, and then our other uh, our Henson guests. Uh, we're bringing back Kirk Thatcher. Kirk, Kirk came last year. Kirk uh, was one of the big judges on Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge. He's worked on tons of. He's directed a bunch of Henson projects, and and Kirk's actually filling a unique role this year. He's doing a lot of moderating of a lot of my other big panels uh, because he's a great talker. You know, he 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 knows how to work the crowd, and he has tons of intimate knowledge of the source material for what we're talking about. He knows he knows what questions to ask. Right, right. So it was big, big, big uh, help to get to get Kirk back. Um, and then it's a huge, huge pleasure to bring back Karen Prell, who we had uh, for our Fraggles here. She's Red Fraggle, um, and she was one of the, the the principal puppeteers in Labyrinth. So she's part of our Labyrinth 30th anniversary programming. And I just I just fell in love with Karen having her as a guest on the Fraggle year, and I've I've been waiting for an opportunity to bring her back because she's just an incredible human being, and and I love being in the same room with her. Um, so Karen will be doing. Uh, uh, some surprise, extra cool, kind of really cool surprise stuff. Um, and we will be doing a sing-along version of the film Labyrinth. So the movie is subtitled. So you oh, can sing wow. along to all the songs. 
uh, and quote along to all the great quotes. And and this is breaking news right here on Needless Things uh, podcast. Karen's going to do the introduction to the film, and she's going to bring a select, very lucky few up on stage to reenact part of the Helping Hands sequence. Oh, my god! how gosh. the Helping Hands, how that all was developed for the film. How to make the faces with all the people's different hands. Oh, so, man, that's so much fun. I know. So if you want that, so be the enthusiastic person raising your hand uh, at the beginning of the film screening, and Karen might pick you to come up on stage and be part of something uh, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, so that's that's that is b- totally breaking news. I haven't told anybody that. That's fantastic. Um, the 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 other big um, the the huge other thing that we've got this year is is while I have such great connections at Henson, uh, and and they have been so gracious with providing us with guests over the years, um, the puppetry is 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 broader than that it's in TV and film and. I've always wanted to do something like this, and the stars aligned this year. And I will have Dave Chapman and Brian Herring, who were the two puppeteers for BB-8 from Force Awakens. Which um, is completely bonkers. Totally. I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen. I honestly didn't. Because um, those guys might be kind of busy lately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not at liberty to say because uh, <laughs> I've had to work around their schedule lately, and I'm not at liberty to say where they're at with whatever it is that they're doing. Right, you literally uh, can't even say when they're available and when they're not. Right. So, um, this is also some breaking news. Uh, we we Lucasfilm was on board with sending us the promotional BBA, and then they changed their mind. And they gave their reasons, and their reasons are their reasons, and it is what it is. Uh, however, they have given us permission. Um, we were contact when we knew, when we announced that that Brian and Dave were going to be guests. We were contacted by a a droid maker. You know the people who build the the fan built R two D twos and 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 whatnot. Right, right. Uh, and he's built um, a, a BB eight, a functional BB eight. Uh, camera ready, visually looks like BB-8 from the film. Whoa! Scale, all that stuff. Rolls around, all that kind of stuff. And we have permission from Lucasfilm for that BB-8 to be available during the Walk of Fame. So, when you get your, when you go to the Walk of Fame to get your picture with Brian and Dave, there will be a BB-8. Now, it's, it's a fan-made BB-8. It's not one from Lucasfilm. It's not, you know... And even the one they send out to... The, to, uh, to 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 celebration isn't the one they used in the movie, right? Right, because that's a whole thing. Well, and that's uh, the 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 one they used in the movie isn't probably suitable for for like photo ops and and whatnot. Well, that's a whole. I mean, I, I because I wasted or not waste, but because I burned through a lot of my time um, for the podcast, and I can't go into all the different BB-8 stuff. But um, but I knew I knew it was really important to me that. When fans got their photo with the puppeteers, I really wanted a, a BB-8 to be there. Right, right. So I know that that would have made the fan experience for me as a fan. Um, it's one thing to get your picture with the guys, but when you're getting your photo with puppeteers who are famous for particular characters, obviously you want the character to be there. 
that's that's just what it is. And if you play your cards right, maybe you can get a picture of the gopher from Caddyshack sitting on BB-8. <laughs> we we should totally do that. <laughs> uh, if you had legs, you could like dance on him like a little. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, so so Dave and and, and Brian are going to be there, and the and the big the big amazing um, real treat from them is you know their careers are bigger than than BB-8. And they really appreciated the fact that we weren't that we have a puppetry track, and they right. really weren't just interested in them for the BB-8 stuff. So we have a, you know a panel that we had that we started two years ago um, called Puppet Coaching and Characterization, where you get one on one, if not if not two on one, if well if not one on one, then probably two on one, two two on one work with your homemade puppet or store or, or bought puppet that, that is your puppet that you are training with. This is for the people who bring their own puppets to Dragon Con. Brian and David have both agreed to be on that panel. That's huge. That's awesome. Um, so, so you can potentially bring your own puppet and get character and performance advice one-on-one from puppeteers of this caliber and level. And that's just, I mean, you, you're, you don't get that. You don't even get that at a puppetry festival. You know, um, you get, you know, one person teaching a class for a whole bunch of people, but that, that one-on-one element that we've got, because we have so many talented puppeteers, is, is not something that I think you're going to get anywhere else and, and really makes our, our programming that we offer to, to people interested in puppetry. Like really interested, uh, completely unique. Um, so those are all my big guests. And to hit the highlights of the actual programming, we've got a lot of the same stuff that we had in the last couple of years. That's the great stuff that we love, um, and that has worked. Uh, I've hit on some of it, um, and then you know the shows. I've hit on all those shows that we're doing. Uh, the big one of the big things that we've added this year, obviously, uh, is the Henson 60th anniversary costume contest that will be hosted by Nappy and Stacy, and the judges will be Kirk Thatcher, Karen Prell, and Nicole Goldman. So, for those of you who want to do your Henson themed costumes, and that's open to everything, it's open to Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, The Muppet, Sesame Street, anything that Henson has been a part of is fair game. Now, it is not a puppet contest; it is a costume contest. If you have a puppet on your arm and you are in street clothes, that is not a costume. Big Bird is a costume. If you have made a homemade Big Bird or a homemade Skeksis costume, that is, while it is a puppet, technically considered a, a body puppet, it covers your entire body. It is also considered a costume. Um, however, if you have a Kermit replica on your arm and you are dressed in 1970s Jim Henson outfit and look like Jim Henson we would consider that a costume. But if you just have a puppet, it is not a puppet contest. It is a costume contest. Um, so there's a registration form on, there's a Facebook event for it, as well as a, uh, a Facebook, um, uh, there's a Facebook event, there's a pre-registration form, you do have to pre-register. Uh, so bring your, bring your Labyrinth costumes, your Dark Crystal costumes, all that stuff, and, and that's going to be great. We've got some really cool prizes lined up for that. Uh, Brian's programming will be 
he'll be doing his evolution of puppetry talk, which is like his TED talk. Uh, then there will, he was going to do a Farscape panel. He was the executive director of Farscape. Um, I really do believe that, that Farscape was something he did in to, to a, what he wanted to do to push puppetry's boundaries for on television. And I really think that it's something that Jim would have wanted. I think that it's a place Jim would have gone. Um, it's one of my favorite TV shows and we've had a lot of Farscape guests over the years that were the actors, but having Brian come and talk about it as executive director of the show, um, I think is, is definitely something we've, we've, that the conventions always wanted. Um, and, and Scaper fans are, are, this is, this is what people have been waiting for. Well, that's, I um, mean, that, that's a huge draw because any of the other genre shows that are represented at Dragon Con, it's always a huge treat when you've got, uh, executive producer or showrunner or creative director or whatever the case is. That's, that's a whole other level from like actors or crew or whatever. Right. And that's always been something I've wanted, you know, a really deep panel about the puppetry of Farscape. Now we don't have the puppeteers this year. Um, and, and but as far as talking about puppetry's role and, and what Farscape did for puppetry on TV, um, having Brian there to talk about that. That's all stuff we've, that's never really been touched before. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I will be there personally. I will be at that panel. <laughs> um, cause I've, I've literally, I've been waiting for that panel my entire life, you know, since the show came out. So, um, then we, we actually have a panel about the exhibit, uh, Jim Henson's Labyrinth Journey to Goblin City at the Center of Public Arts. So all of the people who work at the center are museum director, are, are conservators who restored all the puppets. All of those folks will be will be doing a panel talking about what it was like to create this exhibit, and the exhibit will be opening uh, during the, the Labyrinth Ball at at the Center of Puppetry Arts is celebrating the opening the, of the exhibit, and it'll be open for a year. So you have a whole year to see the exhibit if you're a local. But if you're only coming to town for DragonCon, great news, your DragonCon badge will get you into the museum for free during DragonCon. So I know it stinks to leave the convention, um, but get on MARTA, take MARTA from Peachtree Center to Art, Art Station Center, walk a couple of blocks to the center, and see the Labyrinth exhibit for free while you're in town. And, and certain things, you know, I, I have left DragonCon once for one thing uh but sometimes things are worth it and this is worth it the pictures that the center has been putting up on instagram yeah of the prepper my i'm blowing my mind i mean yeah it's gonna be incredible oh my gosh and so all the people who 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 designed that exhibit and all the i mean and like just talking to them i've been talking to them about it and the stories like the little things they've discovered about the film in doing all the research to do the exhibit are incredible. Like seriously, the, the, the little nuggets of like how there were no mass molds. There were no like, Oh, okay. Well, this is like the goblins and we're going to crank out 20 of these goblins to fill in the background. Every single thing was unique in that film. Like that's the kind of like little story that you're going to hear. And, and it's, it's incredible, and the people who 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 built the exhibit have come to appreciate the film in the, in all these new ways. Um, and yeah, just come to that; it's going to be amazing. 
Uh, then Brian does another panel called The Creature Project. So this will be specifically about the, the properties that Brian has worked on that weren't Muppety. So dinosaurs, um, the Storyteller series. Uh, obviously, Farscape will be covered in the Farscape panel. Um, but all the other uh, creature-y uh, Henson stuff. That that has been done. Now, was he involved um, in Ninja Turtles, or was that? A yes, little... he, he did. Okay. Uh, he wasn't. So Ninja Turtles will be covered. Yeah. Okay. Um, that is another one of them. So Return to Oz. Um, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Return to Oz. I, I, I'm not. I have to actually be over at the center to host the show during that one, and I'm and I'm bummed because oh. Return to Oz is one of my favorite movies. Um. So uh, yeah, then the Labyrinth Sing Along that I already touched. Come see. Come do the Sing Along. Sing along to all the amazing David Bowie music and and all the amazing quotes that are in that film, uh, the Shadow Cabaret. Uh, let's see. Um, then we've got Inside the Director's Studio with Brian Henson, which is just like Inside the Actor's Studio, but specifically talking uh, Brian talking about his role as a director, um, not necessarily as a puppeteer, but as a director. Um, we'll have our big Labyrinth panel, Puppetry of Labyrinth, 30th anniversary. That'll have Brian and Karen. It'll be moderated by Kirk Thatcher, um, who was actually working at ILM while Labyrinth was being made. So he he worked on some stuff that ended up in the film, although he's not actually credited uh, on the film. Um, but that's the big Labyrinth panel uh, for for the for the anniversary. Uh, we have two Star Wars panels for the BB-8 guys. One is the puppetry of BB-8, the most adorable droid in the galaxy, where they're just talking about BB-8 and what that was like. And they have permission from Lucasfilm to show all these behind-the-scenes pictures and video that they shot, all this cool stuff about how they did everything. So that's a huge treat. Uh, and then they'll be doing another one called The Puppetry of Star Wars, which talks about like Star Wars' role within puppetry uh, in film as well. And Kirk will, be on, Kirk will be on that one. Kirk worked on Jedi. So he's got all these stories about working on Jedi. Oh, wow. Uh, and then the guys will share a lot of the puppetry stuff the behind-the-scenes puppetry stuff that that is puppetry-related but wasn't specific to BB-8 from The Force Awakens. Um, Nappy will be doing his sing-along with Nappy's Puppet Show, which is really awesome. Um, let's see. We have Into the Shadows, which is a specific panel on shadow puppetry. So you can learn all about that and why shadow puppetry is the chosen art form of, of those puppeteers. Um... Honey will be doing her wordplay show. Uh, we'll be doing the costume contest. And then, uh, and then we'll also have the Labyrinth Throne at, at the Center for Puppetry Arts. We've, we've built a replica of the, of David Bowie's Goblin King throne. The throne will be at Dragon Con outside the puppetry track room. So if you want to come and get your picture on David Bowie's throne, you can totally do that. Uh, it'll be, it'll be around. Just come on down to the puppetry track area and, and get your picture on it. And please post it on the internet and talk about how awesome it is. Um, and then Nappy will do a uh, Origins of Shadow Puppetry show that's kind of hard to describe, but it's a it's it's a performance. It's a Shadow Puppetry show that kind of chronicles uh, how Shadow Puppetry evolved and and spread across the world, uh, originating in China. Oh wow, that's very cool. And features a lot of famous. Um, shadow puppet characters as they like interact with each other as the art form spread across the world. It's, it's hard to describe. So um, it's kind of a meta thing. It's like I'm yeah. using this thing to describe the history of this thing. Of the thing. Yeah, it's that's really awesome. cool. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. That's And that's the big Silk Roads uh, thing that she asked uh, for. She said, can you do a panel on shadow puppetry? And we were like, we'll do one better. Um, <laughs> 
So, and that's it. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of the same stuff that we did last year. So you want to build a, a so you want to be a puppeteer, extreme puppet makeover, magic puppet tea party, puppetry for TV and film. Um, we have aliens, cats, gophers, and fraggles puppeteering iconic characters. So that'll be all the people who worked on, um, you know, TV and film that, that people are, the properties that people are aware of, uh, talking about what it was like working on those projects and TV movies. Well, and the, the entire schedule, uh, will be available not only in the DragonCon app, but in the, the actual pocket program that'll be available at the show. So. And on the Puppetry Tracks website, which you can get to from the DragonCon site, go to the fan tracks. Click on Puppetry. There's a link to our actual separate website um, that will be hopefully updated very soon with this schedule. And and honestly, that's probably going to be the first place you can find the schedule. Uh, I don't know. The, it depends. Um, it, well, the app usually doesn't populate for okay. like a week out from con. Yeah, and the pocket so then, programs. Yeah, they'll probably be there first. So. I don't know what the mailing has been on the pocket programs lately, or if they do they even mail those. I can't remember now, but anyway. You guys will be able to access the entire puppetry track schedule and figure out what you want to do. I highly recommend the Dragon Con app because not yes, only can you build your own schedule with reminders for what you want to see, but once you've seen something, you can go in and rate how awesome it was. Yes. And I can guarantee that that info is incredibly important. Yes, please rate if you enjoy something. Please go in rate it. Uh, Comment on it. Say why you liked yes. it. That is a huge help. Yes. That uh, determines the programming for the next year. It really does. It's the reason my game show is in a ballroom this year. Yep. It's yep. that app. So if you guys that are listening go to anything at Dragon Con and you dig it, let them know. Or if you saw something and you recognize a problem, and be like, man, you know what really held this back? It yeah. really needed to be in a bigger room or it needed... You know, or or if the tech, uh, you know what, if the technical staff sucked, say so. Yeah, be con- but be constructive. Because, don't just be a yeah. dick. Don't say this. Well, yeah, sucked. don't be a dick, but be like, man, you know, this this would have been. Uh, I would have given this a five, but here's why I gave it a three. Right. Because of this. Right. You know, like be specific. Don't just be like this panel was dumb. Like that helps nobody. Um, you know. Be be specific about why you didn't like something and offer offer a recommendation uh, if you, if you can. Um, but we had a lot of technical problems. We had a huge number of technical problems in a lot of our big room events last year, and we got a lot of really bad feedback about it. And that feedback was taken very seriously, and those problems were addressed for this year. So it, it really does help to to both the positive and negative feedback really help find just tune DragonCon to be the best convention it can be. Yeah, they they take that app and attendee feedback very, very seriously. All right, man. Well, now we know that we can go to dragoncon.org, and when you go to the tracks, you can click on the external puppetry track site. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know we want to follow Center for Puppetry Arts on Instagram. Absolutely. And where else can we find uh, your stuff and good puppet stuff online? Uh, well, you can always come, uh, once DragonCon season is over, the Puck and Puppet Show season starts back up again in October with the Halloween Puck and Puppet Show. So, uh, follow the Puck and Puppet Show on Facebook if you, if you're local to Atlanta and you want to come see crazy puppet variety shows and things like that, come check that out. Um, I, we have, we are officially in retirement, 
but Bob and Carl, the sci-fi janitors, will be back to host the Dragon Con Puppet Slam. It is the one thing that we still do. Um, I'm very excited to be able to work with Matt again because I miss it dearly. Uh, but uh, the, the janitors will be back. Uh, we're not making any videos anymore or whatever, but uh, we still do host the show. So if you if you miss Bob and Carl, this is your chance to come see them. Um, and then uh, come see the exhibit. I mean, come see the Labyrinth exhibit. And if you haven't been to the World Your Puppetry Museum at the center, you know you're missing out. I mean, uh, your and, and your badge, your DragonCon badge, will get you into the to that museum, to the whole museum experience at the center, which includes the World's of Puppetry Museum, which has the Jim Henson collection, the Global Collection, which is puppets from all over the world, and the Labyrinth exhibit, which opens uh, in September. So that's free with your DragonCon badge, and that's that's incredible. That's so totally please, worthwhile. Please, please. The the yeah. center on its own is worth your trip because here's the thing: you got to eat, right? You gotta eat while yeah. you're at Dragon Con. If you're there for a few days. So leave the con area. Go eat somewhere else and not just in the food court. Right. Go to the center for an hour or two and then go back to Dragon Con. Yeah. Totally worth your while. Bo, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on and telling us about the puppetry track again this year. I'm super My excited. Pleasure. You have got some fantastic stuff. And man, the fact that the National Puppet Slam is once again at the same time means that we've got some strong entertainment coming our way. Absolutely. It's I think the the Dragon Con or the Dragon Con Slam will be really, really strong. And uh if you want to see more of those people that you're gonna see at Dragon Con, get your tickets for the National Slam. Uh Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Um you can get your tickets on the website uh puppet.org right now. It's gonna be an incredible show. The lineup is amazing. Uh and then go back to Dragon Con. Go see, you know, go see more puppet stuff. Or so. ten o'clock Saturday night, go see the game show. And go see it again. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Take care. Good journey. Seriously, you guys, top three events at Dragon Con. DCW, Thursday night. Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show, Saturday night. Puppet Slam, Sunday night. Those are the must-do, must-see, must-experience activities at Dragon Con. Uh, that, that's it. That's it. If you only do three things, those are the three things you have to do. If you only do one thing, eh, go to the game show. But I'm a little biased. Here. Uh, seriously, though, the Puppet Slam, if you've never seen it, it's incredible. It's fun. It's amazing. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Blah, 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 blah. You've never seen anything like it. And don't think it's like, oh, what, it's a bunch of sock puppets doing a thing. No, it's incredible entertainment. Uh, there are things that are crass, there are things that are beautiful, there are things that are brilliant, there are things that are dumb. And I mean that in the best way possible that you can talk about things being dumb. So uh, check all that out. Download the Dragon Con app. Make your schedule now because you can find everything in there. It's, it's still populating, but most of it's in there now. And, of course, go to needlessthings.storeenvy.com and order your Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show t-shirts. Also, go to supportphantom.com and see if you want to support Phantom. There are lots of different options for doing stuff there. And also, you can go to needlessthingssite.com and click on the Odious Lists ad at the top right of the page. And check out Odious List. It's a great party game that you'll enjoy and that Needless Things gets a little kickback from if you decide to buy a copy through us. Uh, you can also click on any of the Amazon links on the site, and that'll give us a little bit of moolah, a little help 
for running things. And uh, that's all I got next week's Dragon Con. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.